0: opportunities to serve. There's a place for you. I'm glad you tuned in. Our scripture this morning comes from the 25th chapter of Matthew's gospel, the first 12 verses. Listen for the word of the Lord. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. 5 of them were foolish and 5 were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them came drowsy and slept. And at midnight there was a shout, Look, here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all of those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, No, there will not be enough for you and for us. You had better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later the other bridesmaids came, also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. Roger Nishioka tells the story of standing on a beach in South Carolina with his back to the ocean and a youth group and their leaders all arrayed in front of him on the beach you all may have heard Roger Nishioka preach before at a general assembly or at a big tent event or some other uh, convocation maybe or or a youth conference. Um, he's a great keynoter and a great, great preacher. Roger, Roger can just hold a crowd in the palm of his hand. And he was preaching as he uh, ordinarily does, except this time The crowd was not being held in the palm of his hand. And, and, you know, every preacher wonders when people are off track, how do you get things back on track? And he used all of the tricks he had learned over the years and none of it worked. They were looking beyond him. They were talking to one another. Somebody pointed. He was not holding their attention at all. So finally, he just gave up and he turned around and he looked behind him. And in the ocean, in a splotch of golden light, were a bunch of dolphins at play. It seems, uh, as is often the case, we have plans for a sermon, but God has a better idea. (laughs) And we can only hope that it'll come now. When he looked and saw the dolphins, he realized that he could not compete. So his well-written, well-planned, and well-delivered sermon that morning uh, could not compete, and it was over. He, he couldn't get back on track. They couldn't get back on track, and that was, that was okay. God's grace often comes as a surprise. The point of today's text, despite that harsh ending, The point of today's text is that we can count on God's grace coming. God's grace always, always comes. Often we don't know when, like that bridegroom coming to the wedding banquet. We're not sure when he's coming, but we know he is. There were the five wise maidens who had trimmed their lamps and brought plenty of oil. But then there were the other unwise maidens who in their enthusiasm or their excitement or their forgetfulness or whatever, they had not come prepared. They had enough oil for the moment, but, but, but for the moment only, Jesus uses this opportunity to encourage his disciples to be prepared, be ready. And if you're not, well, that's too bad. That would seem to be Jesus's point. I say the point of the text is that God's grace always comes, whether we are ready or not, whether we expect it or not, God's grace always comes. It'll catch us off guard maybe, sometimes it comes soon, sometimes it comes late, but God's grace always comes. Jesus is the groom, he's coming to the wedding, his union with the church is spoken of in terms of a wedding or a marriage, and the groom is on the way, the church can count on it. Jesus shows up again and again and again to greet us, to greet the church, to greet the world. The question is not if grace will come, if God's grace will come. The question is when will God's grace be made known to us? Maybe it's right here, right now, and we're just failing to notice it. Maybe it's the light through the windows at the moment, or the little boy who keeps stealing decorations from our table. Maybe that's the the moment of grace. We've been looking, looking, looking for it, and we fail to see. We fail to see the joy, the enthusiasm. We, We fail to see the grace of God right here in our midst. When will I notice becomes the question. When will I see it? When will God's grace come? But the point of the text is that God's grace always, always, always comes. The text does invite us to ask a question, though, the one Jesus wants his friends to think about. Are we ready? Are we prepared for this grace? I suppose you can never be prepared for the surprise of dolphins when they show up breaking the waves in a splotch of sun on a Sunday morning, completely wrecking that day's sermon. You can't be ready for that surprise. Through God's grace, uh, but God's grace can always be counted on. God's grace can never be predicted or scripted. But certain things can be planned for, right? And that's the point that Jesus is making. How do we prepare? How are we ready? The implication is that we're ready by living a faithful life. We are made ready by by doing the work of the church, by being faithful disciples, by walking the walk. That's how we are made ready. We know that God's grace is often revealed in relationships. So what are we doing? How are we being ready for God's grace through relationships if we're not nurturing relationships, if we're not working on it? What are we doing to widen our circle of friends? What are we doing to extend our reach beyond our own neighborhood? Faithfulness to these holy matters opens us to what the Spirit does when people gather and when God's Spirit gathers in their midst. If we don't cook the meal, what are we going to eat? If we don't set the table, where are we going to sit? If we don't attend the dinner, We pass on the opportunity to grow together in Jesus Christ. And so we sit in our armchairs and say, Where's God? Jesus might ask, Are you ready? Are you looking? Are you doing the work of the faithful disciple? Are you making room? One way we could translate this text is You snooze, you lose. Don't lose. That's what Jesus is saying. Heed these five wise and five foolish maidens and don't lose. Don't miss out. Come prepared. Get the extra oil. Do the extra work. Be extra attentive. Be at prayer. Be in service. That's how you'll be ready. That's how you'll greet me. That's how you'll make space for God's holy grace uh, in in breaking into our ordinary lives. Jesus is saying, don't lose, don't miss out, show up, be prepared. We know that God's grace is often revealed in generosity, in acts of generosity. We open ourselves to this grace by giving of ourselves, by giving of our talent and our treasure and our time. Don't miss out. Jesus urges his friends in the New Testament. Nobody ever got a blessing by building a bigger storehouse for their stuff. Nobody ever was blessed by that, ever. Not one time. It doesn't happen. So, be prepared for the blessing of God's grace by giving your life away. Lives have been flipped upside down in wonderful ways in the sharing in our sharing of ourselves with others. When we share ourselves with others, we discover God in our midst. Rachel and I missed an opportunity for service yesterday. We were at um, that Italian market right over there, whatever it is, Martin Nelly's, maybe. And this fella in the parking lot said, can you spare some money for food? And... Um, well, we were going in to spend a, a billion dollars on food, but we said, no, we, we don't have any money. We didn't have any cash. That's, that's true, but we had plenty of money. We went in and looked at things on sale that were priced outrageously, I thought. We, um, we got some um, uh, Italian sausage, except it wasn't sausage, it was chocolate. Really lovely. We got some pimento and cheese made in Wisconsin with jalapenos. We spent a lot of money on food. We we started building a charcuterie that we're bringing to Thanksgiving this this Thanksgiving in Atlanta at our son's house. But I had this niggling idea. This fella in the parking lot wanting some food. Do you have some money for food for somebody who's hungry? Can you help a stranger out? He said. We both said oh, we don't have any money and we went in and proceeded to spend a billion dollars. We missed our opportunity. We missed it. We could have said hmm, come on in we'll get you something. We had already had lunch. In fact we had just had lunch but we could have ordered something to drink. We could have sat with this guy and we could have seen is this fellow Jesus? Does this fellow have a blessing for us? but we missed it. Thanks be to God, somebody else didn't miss it. And so when we were checking out, that man was sitting at a table with a big sandwich and a big smile. And I'm sorry, we could not have been the means of that grace. And every time this happens to me, I'll say, I say, I'm going to do it differently. Next time, it's going to turn out differently. And I wonder if God will ever be able to break that hard, hard heart of mine. We are blessed by acts of relationship. Well, what are we doing to be in relationship with one another? We're blessed by acts of generosity What are we doing? How are we being generous with our brothers and sisters? How are we being ready for the inbreaking of God's grace? We know that God's grace is revealed in nature. We don't see the glory of the sunset from the hill, however, unless we hike the hill and take a look. We don't feel the power of the wind unless we walk at least out into the front yard to feel it. Yes, we can watch National Geographic and yes, we can celebrate nature on television. And that's a good thing, of course. But we also can pause at the mailbox and feel the sun on our faces. We aren't restored by creation. God cannot restore us by creation unless we go out and explore it. We can't be surprised by the dolphins in the water. Unless we turn around. Unless we find our way onto a beach or a boardwalk. Don't miss out, Jesus urges. Don't miss out. Are you prepared? Are you ready? Are you doing the work to be attentive? To be prayerful, to be mindful. Are you doing this work? Are you open to being shattered and restored and used and spent for good? Are you flexing the muscles of faith by praying? Are you using the muscles of faith at all by serving, by giving, by using your mental floss? God gave us brains and God expects us to use them. Are we using our muscles by asking God the questions we have and by listening for God and by worshiping God? Or are we sitting in our armchairs saying, where is God in my life? God used to speak in the Old Testament, but God doesn't speak anymore. Well, well, God does speak to those of us just sitting around in our armchairs. I'm a little afraid of what God might be saying to us. But when we get out into the world, when we live the faith, we see that the God of faith is around and at work, and delighting in the work even of our hands. Jesus ends this text by essentially asking this question, do you have enough oil for your lamps? He's telling the story so that everybody who looks and says, my flask is empty... He's telling the story to these people so that they can get on with it. Not because it's too late for them, but they can go and get some more and they can get ready. It's not too late. This parable says it's not too late. Go quickly. Fill up your lamps. It's not too late. Let's go now and let's stop. Stop putting it off. In the name of God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining this podcast of First Presbyterian Church Champaign. Visit us at our campus at the intersection of Church and State Streets in downtown Champaign. And for more information, visit us online at www.firstpres.church. Have a great week.